Welcome to LSAT Boss. This is your host, Shauna Ginsberg. And today with me again is our amazing co-host, Miss Claudia Ryan. Hi, friends. We've had a bit of a hiatus. Claudia and I have been incredibly busy doing a bunch of legal work and eating sweets. So I've had an almond croissant. I've had a chocolate almond croissant. I've had a brown butter rice crispy treat. Yes, and then there was the cherry cheese Danish. Yes. Do you know, it's funny, on our Instagram page, I did a poll and I asked, what do you start your morning with, sweet or savory? And I think 70% said savory. Depends on the mood. I Both? Can it be both? Uh-huh. I do both. It's both. Yeah. Definitely yeah. both. I'll do Moroccan mint tea. Oh, yes. And then turkey bacon and eggs. That's that my go-to. Amazing. I, I it's amazing. To, if I had my, my ideal breakfast, it would be bacon with a, an almond croissant and then an Earl Grey latte. It doesn't even seem like sweet has to disagree with savory. You're saying this nope. is not a point at issue. It is not. What a great segue into today's lesson. We're so good at this. It's ridiculous. Today's lesson is about agree-disagree questions. And oh, wait, 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 wait. Mythbuster right now. All right. Well, Miss Ryan's dropped a Mythbuster. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, whenever Miss Ryan says Mythbuster, it's my responsibility to drop a myth. And then what do we do to it? Bust it. We bust it wide open. Our first myth that we're going to bust today is the LSAT doesn't make you ready for law school. Let's bust that myth. I use LSAT logical reasoning all the time as an attorney. Oh, I thought you were going to say in your everyday life. And I was like, well, you do tutor that. So yes, it makes sense. Yeah, I do do it in my everyday life. But also not just because I'm tutoring the LSAT nearly all day, every day when I'm not practicing law, but because the first time I was ever handling my own case, I was up against these veteran attorneys. It was a woman who was alleging that a school bus had rear-ended her and she needed this $200,000 back surgery just because the bus hit her. But in looking at all of the records, by the time we were able to get a hold of them, clearly she had already been planning to get this back surgery. She had a note from her doctor. She had put out a request for short-term disability leave all before the accident. And so I'm sitting there as a young attorney preparing my case, and I'm trying to weaken the other side's argument, which is essentially, I need this back surgery. And the evidence, the only evidence that they presented was, you hit my car. Bus. Got hit by bus. And it sounds so bad, right? It's a multi-ton <laughs> vehicle. But in weakening it, my job is to say, well, actually, maybe there is another reason for the surgery. And so in discovering pre-existing injuries, we were able to destroy the case, which was totally LSAT logical reasoning based. That myth is busted. 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 So let's talk about agree-disagree questions, shall we? So we talked about conclusions last time. This time, we're kind of looking at making a conclusion about what people agree or about what people are disagreeing about. For a point at issue question, two people are debating, and you're like a mediator. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you've had two friends fighting or family members fighting, but they're kind of talking past each other. I egg them on. You egg them on. I don't think you would be fit or qualified to be a mediator in that situation, um, nor nor do I think you would be effective at collaborative divorces. <laughs> Just chant, fight, 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 no. fight. And then they ignore me. And because I'm so annoying, they resolve the issue on their own. So actually, I think in becoming the antagonist, I solve the problem. I think that would make you well-suited to be in the first row of a big boxing match 
I think it's totally appropriate there. But when we're Fair doing enough. agree, disagree questions, <laughs> what we're looking for is more like um, a sibling rivalry that's existing between two people. The first person that speaks, we'll call him or her person A, is going to say a bunch of premises and maybe a conclusion. The second person is going to say, but da 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 or I disagree, or I agree. Or you're wrong, dummy. Or you're wrong, dummy. I don't think dummy is one of those bits of jargon that I see often in the LSAT. Actually, Best LSAT word. don't think I've seen it ever. But you will see things like you're wrong, or I agree, or I disagree. And when person B makes that statement right off the bat, you don't really know to what they're referring. And that's where the fun really begins. And the test that we're going to do for agree-disagree questions is a lot like a sibling rivalry test. You can imagine that one sibling is saying the first sentence of what person A says, and you're looking at what person B says to see where they go, uh-uh, nuh-uh, that's not true. You're wrong. Once we figure out what exactly they're responding to, then we have what we need to go look at the answer choices. And when we go looking at the answer choices, if you recall when we talked about perfect substitutes and conclusions in the conclusion lesson. We're looking for maybe the exact words or something that means nearly Some the same thing. Some thereof. Ooh, I love that. I'm so good at words. Do you know that a fax machine is short for a facsimile machine? I did know that. That's long ago trivia that you just dredged up. So not a myth busted. Not a myth busted. At least not for you. Not for me. Let's talk about the first guided practice. I will be the physician in this argument, and you will be the rock climbing enthusiast. So I'll oh read God. physician. You're going to read rock climbing enthusiast. Try to listen to which of the things the physician says that the rock climbing enthusiast is disagreeing with. Whatever they're disagreeing with can't be the thing that person B, or the rock climbing enthusiast here, says. Because... The physician never has an opportunity to respond. So how could he or she be agreeing or disagreeing with it? So we're looking at the language in what person A says to figure out where rock climbing enthusiast has targeted their point of agreement or disagreement. So here we go. There were approximately 12,500 rock climbing related injuries last year. This suggests that rock climbing is quite dangerous and should therefore be done only under professional direction. I disagree. In the past 10 years, sales of rock climbing harnesses and ropes have increased much more than rock climbing related injuries have. 200% in sales compared with 126% in injuries. Every outdoor sport carries risks, whether under professional direction or not. Have you ever been to Earth Treks? No, I have not. Your son would probably love it. It's really cool. They have, My instead son of rocks, has gone. He's yeah? gone and he enjoyed it. And they have like little shapes like dinosaurs and things instead of rocks. So you're like climbing up cool little shapes nice. up the wall. They have birthday parties. It's so cute. I value my nails too much. I'm very prissy about my nails. So I don't think I could rock climb because it would hurt my nails. Yeah, they would definitely scuff up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. Let's go back to what the physician says. We're looking for which of the things the physician says that the rock climbing enthusiast was disagreeing with. The first thing the physician says, and we're going to break it down one sentence at a time. He says, there were approximately 12,500 rock climbing related injuries last year. Does person B disagree? If she does, she'd say, I disagree. There were not approximately 12,500 rock climbing related injuries last year. But when I look back at what the rock climbing enthusiast said, she talked about sales of rock climbing harnesses and ropes that have increased much more than rock climbing related injuries have. She cites a 200% increase in sales compared with a 126% in injuries, 
And then she says, every outdoor sport carries risk, whether under professional direction or not. So, Claudia, ding, I, didn't, ding, ding. I didn't see you reference 12,500 no, rock climbing related injuries. No, I saw injuries. what they disagreed with. Oh, you did? I did. Well, was it what person A's second statement was? This suggests that rock climbing is quite dangerous. Did you disagree? If you did, you would have said rock climbing is quite safe or it's not quite dangerous. Same yes. thing. But you don't say that either. Third statement. Rock climbing should therefore only be done under professional direction. Does person B disagree? Absolutely. Well, if you did, then that means you would have said something along the lines of rock climbing does not need to be done only under professional direction, right? And what specifically did you say? I think Every was... outdoor sport carries risks, whether under professional direction or not. So the keywords professional direction are right there. Exactly. So that's hint number one. If you found the same keywords, that's probably a good sign that you're at their point of agreement or disagreement. Exactly. And then when you said whether under professional direction or not, that seems to dispute that whether it should only be done under professional direction. Brilliant. And the correct answer in this case would say something like rock climbing is an outdoor activity that warrants mandatory professional direction. Warrants. I love that word. Yeah. And warrants. it's not used in the way that we often expect to see it. But in this case, it means requires, right? Yep. So if rock climbing requires mandatory professional direction, that sounds like it lines up with should therefore be done only under professional direction. All right. So that was our guided practice for today. Let's do one more. Except before we do that, we need to bust another myth. <gasps> Here's a myth. Notes take too long, so you shouldn't make them on test day. Oh, that's so wrong. Let's bust it. Bust it, Shauna. Notes don't take too long. Notes are a different way to spend your time. Oh, that's another agree-disagree situation, isn't it? It might be. This is so apropos for today. If I am thinking about how I want to spend 90 seconds of my time, I could attempt to hold a very lengthy abductive argument in my head that goes A leads to B1 and B2, which leads to C, which leads to D. And if it's not actually in that A to B to C to D order in the argument, then I'm also going to have to rearrange all of that in my head. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot Can't for me. It. Nope, too much. But if I have a piece of paper in front of me, I can just write down exactly maybe a quick shorthand to indicate what A references, what B references, and so forth. And then I can put an A leads to B1 and B2, which leads to C, which leads to D. That's a worthwhile note. Heck yes. I could, alternatively, just stay frozen looking at the question and represent that, oh, I'm just working off of intuition in my head. You but could let your brain check out. Some of us do that. It happens. I wouldn't recommend it. The more complex an argument, the more reason to take notes for your future self so you have something to look back on. Exactly. Take notes, guys. But not too many. Also not too few. Take notes for your future self in a way that doesn't waste time but is a better use of your time. Exactly. And with that, is that myth busted? So busted. So busted. Let's do our final question for the All day. All right. And then I'll give you some homework. Here we go. Shopping mall owner. And you might find this very similar to the last one. There were approximately 30,000 thefts at shopping malls across the United States last year. This suggests that shopping malls are highly prone to crime and should therefore be open only while there are local police on the premises. Am I I'm the shopping enthusiast? You're the shopping enthusiast. That sounds more like it. <laughs> I disagree. In the past 10 years, online shopping has seen a greater increase in theft than shopping mall theft. Each type of shopping carries risk of potential theft, even when there is heightened security. 
Well, let's tackle them one sentence at a time. My first sentence is, there were approximately 30,000 thefts at shopping malls across the United States last year. Claudia, did you say, uh-uh, there weren't? I did not. Okay. Well, this suggests that shopping malls are highly prone to crime. Claudia, as a shopping mall enthusiast, do you disagree and think that shopping malls are not highly prone to crime? I did not say that either. Well, what about the last thing I said? It was my conclusion. They should be open only while there are local police on the premises. You disagree? Objection, Your Honor. I completely disagree with that. <laughs> okay, and what was the exact language that you used that suggested that you disagreed? Each type of shopping carries risk of potential theft even when there is heightened security. Even whether. That was kind of like in the last one when exactly. it said whether or not there was professional supervision. Exactly. So that seems to debate that it should only be open while the police are on premises. Exactly. And I wouldn't be surprised if the correct answer has a word warrants. Oh, my Lord. It does. What's the correct answer here? Shopping at the mall is an activity that warrants local police on the premises. Amazing. Local police, that was that key word that we saw, right? Exactly, yes. Did you use the phrase local police when you were the shopping mall enthusiast disagreeing with me? No, I said even when there is heightened security. Mm. Is heightened security another way of, of referencing the local police? Sure is. Legit substitute? Exactly. All right, then. We crushed Nailed it. it. I can hear Olive in the background. I think it's time to take the puppy out. So All right. I think that's the end of today's episode. Okay. It was great hanging out with everybody today. Sure was. Thanks again, Claudia, for returning to the closet for another of wonderful course. recording. So glad to be back in the closet. It's one of my favorite places. Thanks for tuning in today for LSAT Boss. Don't forget to head to the website. You can download the episode notes. We'll have homework that's synced up to volume five of the LSAT prep tests, prep tests 62 to 71. My favorites. There's a bunch of awesome agree, disagree questions in there. And of course, the episode notes will lay out the guided practice that we walked through today. So do as much homework as you can. And if you're having a difficult time and you're making mistakes, check your answers. Go back to the guided practice and the notes from the episode and be sure that you can figure out how to unlock your mistakes to Break the point that you could teach it to somebody else. Yeah. Maybe you and a buddy can sound like me and Claudia. Thanks for tuning into LSAT Boss. We'll see you next time. Have a great week.